When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As I was experiencing him in the scene, my brain was firing off of like, oh, he's like you. He talks like you. He, you guys can meet each other. And so when they say cut, I was like, oh, we got it. He was like, "Uh uh-huh. That's an amazing (laughs) gift to have where, you know, that's already just built in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we are chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year and breaking down the state of the 2024 Oscars race. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall. In addition to all of the very TV and movie-centric award shows at the top of every year, we also have the Grammys smack dab in the middle of the action. So today's episode is a hybrid of Oscars and Grammys coverage. Be sure to stick around for my interview with The Holdovers star Davine Joy. Randolph later in the show. She is nominated for her performance uh, in that film, her incredible performance. We'll get into all that a bit later. But first, joining me to talk Grammys is EW Music Editor Jason Lanfier. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Hello. Thank you for having me, Jared. Of course. So glad you're here. I feel like it's been a long time since uh, we have uh, talked music on this podcast. We talk about it all the time on Slack, but... <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we, yeah. it's it's very nice to actually to be back and better than ever for a kind of, kind of exciting Grammys this year. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean, certainly some great performers. I mean, this lineup that we're about to talk about, some of uh, the, you know, the nominees and our predictions in these categories, it should make for a good show. Um, and, and I'm excited for it. Um, I will say, I feel like these Grammys have snuck up on us a bit. We like we knew they were coming and suddenly, well, January has felt like the longest month ever, ever, but it is now February. And with that now means the Grammys are upon us. So um, before we get into those predictions I mentioned, let's start with uh, a little reflection time. What is your take on the past year in music? That that year since Harry's house and Harry Styles uh, kind of swept last year's awards. You know, what struck me as the most exciting development um, is all the female pop musicians who have really stormed yeah. the past year. And when we were uh, sitting down to determine what our our songs, our favorite songs and albums of the year were at the end of t- 2023 yeah. here at EW, I felt like I was really kind of scraping to get more more guys in the mix. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, and I, I try to listen to like as much as I can, you know, mainstream, non-mainstream all genres and, you know, really get a sense of, 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 of what's, what's really, you know, trending, but also what's on, on the rise. And, um, I just think women really, really dominated, um, the headlines, um, the, I mean, the charts, um, and the tours, tours, um, and so when it was time for us to choose what we felt was the best music of the past year, um, we had we had a top ten of in, almost entirely women for albums, um, 
And yeah. it was very close to that, I believe, in songs as well. Um, and I think the Grammys reflect that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 yeah. it's really John Baptiste and a whole lot of ladies. <laughs> um, but it feels, <laughs> yeah. it feels topical. It feels spot on. Um, and I think all these, you know, all these women, the pop artist, uh, and the R and B artist in the mix, um, have had amazing years. Um, and so I'm glad they're getting, I'm glad they're getting recognition. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. Um, and, and so on that note, we can go ahead and dive into some of these categories. We're just doing a handful. There are 94 categories at the Grammys. Um, you know, just a, a fraction of those will be handed out on the broadcast. But they start they start announcing those winners at like noon on Sunday. Uh, and it goes, you know, all the way until 11 o'clock at night, or I guess it's eight o'clock uh, our time here, but still eight hours to announce the winners of all those awards. Um, but for Best New Artist, last year, uh, Samara Joy, uh, really, really talented uh, jazz musician and singer, uh, won Best New Artist, which was um, perhaps a bit of a surprise. I don't know. It's so interesting, um, you know, that that category kind of looking back on it, with it also included Anita and Omar Apollo, uh, Lado, um, uh, Toby and Wigway, anyway, uh, Wet Leg. Um, this year, the nominees are Gracie Abrams, Fred Again, Ice Spice, Jelly Roll, Coco Jones, Noah Khan, Victoria Monet, and The War and Treaty. Um, and that that group really, you uh, know, encompassing several genres, um, which I feel like this category always does a great job of doing, um, you know, kind of spreading, spreading the love there. Um, do you have a top pick for this one? Of who I think will win or who I want to win? Oh, give us both. I mean, it's... I, I agree with you. I think it's a really insane mix, um, yeah. as it should be, um, because what is genre in 2024 <laughs> and what was genre in 2023? I mean, yeah. I think that was another another trend that we've seen for a little that's been kind of bubbling up for a while. But I, I feel like it's never been more apparent than now, like that genre is just sort of dissolving and, and, and artists are exploring with multiple genres. Um, and which is exciting. Um, I think this is a really good batch. Um, uh, you, you've got, you've got commercial success and then you have some well-respected artists who maybe haven't had as much commercial success, um, but nonetheless had big years. Um, Fred again is a great example, you know, not like a, not a chart making guy, but like, you know, he had, you know, he's worked with a lot of great artists um, and, you know, he, he collabed with Skrillex and Fortet mm-hmm. last year and had a big mm-hmm. moment. And when, you know, they had a big moment, when they stepped in and saved Coachella yeah. um, after the Frank Ocean debacle. Um, on the flip side, you've got someone like Noah Kahn, who is, yeah. is just very, uh, has had an amazing year. I, I believe he's in the top five right now for albums. Um, and, uh, you know, has kind of come out of nowhere and is, 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 is sort of a fresh voice in, mm-hmm. in the pop realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from this list, the two to watch out for, mm. uh, I'm twiddling my fingers. People can't see, but I'm <laughs> are, are ice spice yep. and Victoria Monet. Yep. Same two. I was going to say, yeah, I think they've just had some really um really just big journeys this year mm-hmm. and um i think 
you know, again, Ice Spice, g- genius marketing move to pair oh her with gosh. Taylor Swift. Yep. Kind of an odd, odd pairing, to be quite honest. I don't, I, I, I'm not really, Unexpected. I'm still not sure. I would about, not have thought of it. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still a little surprised that that, you know, that the, the rap verse snuck into that song, but, um, you know, that was a first, some people had heard of Ice Spice and, um, I think lady, lady rappers, uh, I, I don't know. I think, the, I think the men have some catching up to do mm-hmm. as far as successful lady rappers right now. Um, uh, of course, Ice Spice also teamed with Pink Panther S, um, on, on their song, the boys, uh, boys, a Lear. Um, and, uh, I think that that was, that song felt ubiquitous to me, not only on TikTok, but just, you know, blaring out of cars. And I think <laughs> yep. it's a great, I think it's a great song. Um, we chose it as one of our, our favorite songs of last year. Um, and Ice Spice has a really great, you know, verse, uh, she, you know, has the whole second, second verse and, um, it's, it's, it's fresh. It's, it's what's, what's crazy to me is how much she and Pink Panther us could could accomplish in in such a short amount of time in, in in like two minutes essentially they you know have created this really refreshing sort of um almost like uh drum and bass inflected um pop song that mm-hmm. you know sails into the top five and you know like i said it felt kind of inescapable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. other side of the coin you've got i mean my personal favorite um of yeah. anybody on this list um is victoria monet uh and and she had she she has been writing for other artists for a while yep i think that could serve her well here exactly it just feels like a great time to honor her as her own artist yep um i think would be really exciting and uh i for one I, i think we sort of many of us you know we're in agreement over this though the record, uh, the album, you know, that she put out last year is just so tight and mm-hmm. inspired. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like a nice blend of, of old school R and B, uh, meets contemporary pop. Yeah. Hip hop. And that's right. such Jaguar right. too. I'm talking yeah. about really kind of like trying to push things forward in the genre do something fresh. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that I think that Victoria Monet is a prime example of an artist who, you know, is sort of dismantling genre, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which we yeah. touched at at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah. She really, I think, exhibits versatility uh, on, on Jaguar, too. Um, we chose it as one of our top 10, you know, favorite albums uh, of last year. Um, and uh, on my mama. Uh, which is the highlight from that album mm-hmm. we chose as our favorite song of last yeah. year. Yeah. So we are clearly very much behind Victoria <laughs> Monet. Yeah. And I, I'm personally gunning for her. What are you, what, 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 yeah. Who are you rooting for, Jared? Yeah, I think Victoria's, I feel like maybe the one to beat here, but you make compelling arguments for several folks in this category. The only other one I would add, there is a lot of love for Jelly Roll. Um, he he sure. has a great story. His music, you know, a lot of people are connecting with. Um, and so, you know, he, he's got that going for him as well. Um, I will say there's been a lot of a label push behind Gracie Abrams. Um, yes, yes. So 
I, I don't know if it's enough to to push her to the win here, but um, she's already like her her she'll have a second album already this year, so she is really uh she is at work, she is doing her thing, and um you know really trying to stay consistent, which I think is really important, um you know for any artist who's who's getting started. But yeah, I think yeah. I'm with you on this, Victoria Monet. I'm going to give that one too. Um, let's move on to pop vocal album. Last year, this went to Harry Styles for Harry's House. The, uh, the nominees this year are Kelly Clarkson for Chemistry, Miley Cyrus's Endless Summer Vacation, Olivia Rodrigo for Guts, Ed Sheeran's Subtraction, which uh, is the final in his um, you know mathematical sign franchise, if we want to call it that. And then Taylor Swift for Midnight's. Um, what I'll say here is that inherent to the name of the category, pop vocal mm-hmm. album to me this is really about the singer and what they do with their songs with their vocals to me that means it should come down to kelly clarkson and miley cyrus um and i would be overjoyed if either of them won but do we really think that's going to happen jason i don't know i mean <laughs> it, i know i know i know you're a big kelly fan um and you know, did a night had a nice interview with her last year, Jared. Um, and you, you know, definitely enjoyed that record. I think that it didn't really put that much of a dent nope. in the public consciousness, nope, right? Like, it sure didn't. I feel like I think we were a little surprised by that, given um, just her general popularity. She's kind yeah. of, you know, she's not America's sweetheart, but she's certainly one of America's sweethearts. Yeah. We hadn't heard from her in a bit it felt like and she's an incredible vocalist Mm -hmm. i think uh i think because she i think her show has been a blessing and a curse a blessing Mm. because it's just really entertaining she's had amazing amazing uh artists on she does her karaoke every day and we get to hear her sing every day exactly so i think in a sense so that eclipses um you know her career as as a, a musician um, which um, that's not to say she isn't an, an incredibly yeah. talented um, vocalist mm-hmm. um, and, you know, is responsible for one of the most important pop songs of the you know century yeah. <laughs> with, with yeah. since you've been since gone. You've been yeah. um, but I think that people are, are now really thinking her, thinking of her as a, as a personality and a talk show host mm. and a judge more than they are thinking of her as, you know, a a, singer songwriter, a a singer songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I I think looking at this list, she just doesn't feel, um, she just doesn't feel as fresh um, as some of of some of the other talent on this list. Um, And, and so I, I think it would be fair to give it to her, but um, I'm just not sure she's top of mind Mm -hmm. for many of the voters. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk top of mind, I mean, of course, that's Taylor Swift. Um, and, and I, it's interesting because in years past, there have been times that you think like, oh, Taylor Swift, that popularity is just going to drive the votes and people are just going to check her name. And there are, of course, categories that she has lost, uh, you know, for instance, for, uh, you know, for um, Song of the Year, which goes to the songwriters. Um, that's one that has kind of eluded her. So, um, mm-hmm. so you know, she's not winning every award. Um, but for pop vocals, I don't know. I, I could I could see her winning this, but um, Miley Cyrus is, has fewer nominations, and so I think if this is one where they want to share, you know, share the love, uh, you know, and kind of give everyone their due, maybe this is where Taylor doesn't win. Yeah, maybe this is maybe this is where they they do honor Kelly. 
Um, but I also wouldn't, you know, or Miley. Or Miley. But yeah, is, Miley's the uh, one I'm thinking who could pull ahead here. I mean, Miley had a song that just was, you know, ubiquitous oh, this past year. Yeah, Flowers year. is, yeah. You know, it's not my favorite pop song, but yeah. um, I think a lot of people did um, did really appreciate it because uh, it was about self-love mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, the, the, you know, the heartache of of losing someone yeah, uh yeah. i think and, and it wasn't it was, a like you complete me kind of song it was <laughs> exactly, i complete me yeah exactly which was you know there's this, obviously you've seen empowerment pop yeah really take off in the past you know few years and you know self-love is big um so i think that i think that was a big part of this it's a catchy song but also there's you know there's a message that people really respond to now mm-hmm. i wouldn't rule out olivia rodrigo mm-hmm. um i think that she uh obviously is a great is a is a, is a great singer songwriter yeah um she is known for her vocals um i think that you know she's not belting her guts out to to, to ballads, but I think vampire is probably the closest she comes to that. Um, and I think people really, uh, again, responded to that song. She proved that, you know, that she, that she can overcome a sophomore slump. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, with her second record that came out last year, guts, uh, she topped, she topped her first record. Yeah. Um, the songwriting is, 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 is really um she's really evolved as a singer songwriter in such mm-hmm. a short amount of time but um again we're talking vocals here yeah and i think you know we we just based on how inescapable her, she was last year uh it it may be taylor swift's uh to beat yeah. And by the way, not to say, I mean, I think Taylor Swift has has a great voice. Um, I just don't think she's in the league of and and I cautiously say that I think she might say the same. She's not in the you know, she doesn't have the voice of Kelly or Miley, but that doesn't mean she's mm-hmm. not a good singer. She is. Uh, and she yeah. knows how to write to her voice. And I think exactly that is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we mentioned, you know, a lot of those folks are songwriters. So let's talk about song of the year where the uh, the award does go to the writer of the song. Uh, last year, there was a shocker in this category when Bonnie Raitt was announced uh, the winner for Just Like That. Uh, the nominees this year, I'm going to give you the, the song title and uh, the artist. Um, in many cases, the artist is also a, a writer here. Uh, so A&W, uh, that's by Lana Del Rey, Antihero, performed by Taylor Swift. Butterfly, uh, John Batiste, Dance the Night, that's from the Barbie album, Dua Lipa performed that. Flowers uh, from Miley Cyrus, Kill Bill from SZA, Vampire, that's Olivia Rodrigo's. And uh, Billie Eilish's Barbie song, What Was I Made For? Um, and I'm just going to say that last one right there is the winner. Yeah, I think what was I made for stands a very good chance um, at walking away with this with this award. Um, of course, it's about the song writing, mm-hmm. um, and it uh, it's a you know it's a really beautiful pop song, um, and it really stood out from the Barbie soundtrack, which ended up I think disappointing many of us. It, it felt a little with all the stars attached to it. I think we we expected a little bit more, and it was sort mm-hmm. of just you know, mid, uh, but that song, that song really, really stands out. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also of course gotten 
an Oscar nom. Um, I, 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 I think it's probably the, the, the song to beat for the Oscars as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, for best original song. Uh, but I think, you know, I think Billie Eilish and Phineas could also, you know, walk away with, with, with the Grammy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, we, we know that the Grammys loves Billie Eilish. <laughs> um, they sure she's do. She's one of the, one of the very few artists who has won all four of the major categories. Yep. Um, the, the big categories, the big four. Um, that is, that's just a very rare feat. Um, and especially but, you know, so young. It's yeah. So Was young. She's she 22, I think. Yeah. And she had accomplished that feat, you know, so, so we're talking best song of the year, record of the year, album of the year, best new artist, winning yeah. all of those uh, awards by the time she was 20, um, which is just, you yeah. know, kind of astonishing. But, yeah. So I think, you know, what might, what might hurt her chances is that she has won all those awards <laughs> and uh, they have, uh-huh. they have drowned, they've already drowned her and, and, and so many accolades that they may want to give uh, somebody else an opportunity here, um, you know, to walk away with it. Also, since she is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, but since, you know, since she is the front runner mm-hmm. for best original song for the Oscars yeah. with this song, uh, what was I made for it? They may think, well, she's going to get the Oscar. She'll get that. Oh, I see what you mean. Why don't yeah. we spread the love? Yeah. Why don't it's we spread interesting- the love? Because, you know, at the at the Oscars, sometimes our rationale for someone not winning is, well, they do already have one. So, you know, and it was a fairly recent win. So the Academy might give it to someone else in this category. Of course, at the Oscars, you typically only have, you know, one shot to win. Whereas at the Grammys, you can get multiple nominations in a year. Um, so that, of course, betters her chances for winning more, which she has done. Um, but that's an interesting theory that they could look at that and think, you know what, she she's good. She's She's going to do all right over there. Uh, let's give it to Miley for Flowers or or Jack Antonoff and Taylor for Antihero. Uh, not saying that those are necessarily, well, I don't know. Maybe I do think one of those will win. But but knowing how last year, like I said, there was a shocker in this category. Um, shocker. If, if uh, memory doesn't usually serve me well, but I do feel like that this particular category is one where the, the Recording Academy, they really do... They love their songwriters. And of course, Bonnie Raitt is one of the absolute best. Um, but she was a solo songwriter on that as well. We don't have any solo songwriters this year. Of course, Billy and her brother Phineas, I mean, they they are a writing duo. Um, and Jack, well, Taylor writes a lot of her stuff solo, but Jack does, um, he does have writing credit on a lot of stuff as well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on this. I, I do think it, will likely be Billy, but I won't be surprised nor disappointed if, I mean, really, honestly, if a lot of these win, but uh, I, I wouldn't consider it like last year, a shocker if they announce Flowers or Antihero. Yeah, I mean, again, we have to talk about, you know, we have to talk about popularity. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, no, alive no, and song real. The, no song on this list was more popular than Flowers. Um, and you know, that was on the charts. I mean, that, that was on the charts from like 1973 until now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it literally it dominated the like, first half of the year. I mean, this was, people were still talking about this as a potential song of the summer, 
Yeah. When it surfaced at the beginning of at the beginning yeah. of 2003. It was a winter song. It yeah. wasn't a summer song. No. But I mean it had major summer vibes, but yeah. it really Which is funny because this... the album title is Endless Summer Vacation. So, uh funny that it was a winter yeah. release. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I so the, I think I don't think I don't think we should rule out flowers by any means. I would say it's probably going to come down to flowers and what was I made for. Mm-hmm. That said, uh I think Antihero and vampire. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mm-hmm. rule them out. Yeah. Um, they've got some great lines, um, and um, they're both very. You know, I, I think antihero was 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 sort of inescapable as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, the and, first and, that was the first single off that album, right? That was the first yes. single. Yeah. yeah. And um, but again, I think Olivia Rodrigo has has proven you know that she can very quickly grow as a songwriter and that what's what's interesting about that song is it's sort of unexpected you i think it it goes in a direction that you really don't see coming it starts out as you know this this sort of you know tender ballad and then all of a sudden she takes it in sort of a uh it kind of explodes into this like sort of almost like a rock song Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'll, I think that that is, I think she's, a, I just think she's a refreshing voice when yeah. it comes to pop music. Yeah. She's, you know, she's sort of, um, evoking like Avril Lavigne and mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette even a bit. Alanis Morissette and some of our other sort of alt pop yeah. divas from the, you know, mid, you know, from the mid to late nineties, um, that, you know, I think a younger audience is really, really, um, keen on. Yeah. Um, I just do sort of wonder the Grammys always kind of feel they they tend to skew a little older to put it nicely. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I think, I think that's why that Bonnie Raitt win. Yeah. Yeah. Which nobody (laughs) saw coming. Uh, I I think, but I think that for that reason, even though, you know, A&W was named song of the year by many, many um, critics Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, a great song. I think it is, it's a, it's a long song and it, 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 mm, it yes. I mean, talk about eliminating genre from the equation. Lana takes you through, you know, balladry, hip hop. It's, it's, it's a lot for one song. And yeah. whereas, you know, a lot of people find that exciting. I think, I think that it, it may be a little bit too chewy. Mm. Um, for some of the more, you know, uh, voters who just tend to, uh, flock more toward populist fare. Yeah. And by the way, Jack Antonoff, also uh, a co-writer on that song. So he has, uh, he has two shots in this category. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's talk album of the year, which uh, I think I've talked about this before. I don't understand why album of the year is not the top award like it's not the last category they announced to me the album is the pinnacle but anyway um last year the winner harry styles harry's house that's the one where remember they had the super fans doing the bits throughout the show and then uh they announced the winner um the nominees this year are world music radio from john batiste the record from boy genius endless summer vacation miley cyrus did you know that there's a tunnel under ocean boulevard lana del rey the age of pleasure janelle monet guts olivia rodrigo midnights taylor swift and sos SZA. Uh Jason, take it away on this one. Who do you want this, to win and who should win? I got to say this, this of all the, of the big four, this to me feels the most uh, spot on. Uh, as far as more popular artists um, making solid records, these, these, you know, with the exception of maybe, a couple. Oh. Um, <laughs> this, this, this to me looks like it represents the good music from last year very well. I think. Um, so I don't know when when the nomination surfaced. I had a moment of of hope for the Grammys. You know, we kind of drag the Grammys every year um, for 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 feeling a little less relevant than the Grammys and Emmys. Um, and so when I saw this list, I thought, okay, like maybe. Maybe they're changing their tune um, or maybe I'm getting boring. I don't know. <laughs> but I think I think almost all of these belongs on this list. And, you know, we chose uh, one, two, three, four, four of these four of these albums um, we placed on our best albums of the year list in 2023. Um, so, you know, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely fans of these artists. Um, this is interesting. Uh, we know that Taylor, uh, has won album of the year three times already. Um, if she does this, she will, you know, have the most album, yeah. most album of the year wins. Yeah. Um, uh, uh you know, of, of any artist that mm-hmm. is, that is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, um, people 2023 was 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 certainly her year of of any of any musician yeah. it was her year yeah um i i think you know whereas midnight's it's not the best taylor swift album right um i think it's a it's a good taylor swift album uh-huh. um she's certainly done better uh, she's certainly won for, for, for albums that I think are superior to Midnight's. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's still Taylor. Um, <laughs> and the Grammys have shown her a lot of love, uh, you know, over the years. Also, I don't know about you, but Midnight's to me feels a little far away at this point. It um, does, right? Yeah. It was the late 2022. It came out in the fall of 2022. Yeah. October. Yeah. Um, and so that to me makes it just feel like it wasn't really, you know, 
it, it, it feels a little odd in this uh-huh. mix. Um, but, you know, technically, you know, it qualifies, which is why it's there. Um, and she had a huge year. She performed songs from this record, you know, on the Eras tour and um, which was obviously, you know, a behemoth. Yeah. Um, Still going. So I, I think she has a really strong chance to win. Um, this I award think the thing is looking uh, at this. Oh, sorry to interrupt. As you're talking, I keep looking at this list and the more I keep thinking I could see any of these people winning, to be honest, because John Batiste, also the Academy, the recording Academy loves him. Boy, genius. Absolutely. That, uh, that album is just uh, chef's kiss. Um, mm-hmm. but also if we want to look at and not, not that, um, I don't think the recording Academy does this as much as perhaps some other, uh, voting bodies. Uh, but you know, that, that the overdue narrative. Um, I, I don't think the Recording Academy subscribes to that uh, train of thought as much as some other, you know, like TV and film. But, um, but you know, thinking about Janelle Monae and Lana Del Rey, and um, I, I don't think Miley Cyrus has very many, uh, you know, Grammys to her credit. But then SZA, I mean, I saw so many artists and musicians and singers posting about this album when it came out and how much they loved it. Um, but, you know, is that the way voting goes? Big old question that's, mark. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You've got some, you've got some really, this is a really interesting mix of, 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 of artists and, you know, of, of albums. I think, you know, you mentioned Janelle Monet. The Age of Pleasure is a beautiful record. Um, she's, she's, she's got, you know, Fela Kuti's former band backing her. Um, a, another artist who's just, a genre just is an empty word to her. She, she, you know, she, she's doing jazz. She's doing soul. She's doing R and B. She's doing pop. She's doing hip hop. Um, and, and that record's, that record's great. It's, it's probably the, 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 the most eventful 30 minutes of music, you know, I heard last year, uh, maybe aside from, um, from, from Victoria Monet, uh, and her record. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think SZA is, it, it may come down to SZA and, uh, and, and Taylor Swift. Um, I think, you know, SOS was, you know, number one, number one album. Um, uh, and, and I think, uh, she certainly, she certainly racked up the accolades in 2023. Uh, SZA ended up in a lot of, you know, best of best of the year lists. Um, I think what, you know, what, what if you think about it in, in a grander sense, uh, it would be really surprising to see SOS win album of the year if Beyonce could not win album of the year for Renaissance last year. Um, I, <laughs> well, think I was going to make a- the joke, you know, who's not going to lose this category is Beyonce because she's not nominated, of course, but yes, more just a commentary on how, if she can't win. Yeah. I don't know if SZA can either or it's, Janelle. It, it's just interesting because I, I mean, I think many of us, many viewers were shocked and frankly disappointed that, that, that Harry Styles won album of the year last year. Um, over uh, Beyonce, um, you know, he had uh, Harry had Harry's house and Beyonce had Renaissance. Um, Renaissance was, you know, a very modern sounding record that also paid homage to decades 
mm-hmm. um, worth of, of music, um, hip hop, disco, house, techno, everything, everything. And, and, and it still wasn't impressive enough to win the, the, the voting body over. Um, the thing with SZA is uh, with this record, SOS, it is a very long listen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, I think that the songwriting and the, the actual production is a little complex um, for a lot of voters. Um, I think a lot of people appreciate it. Um, but I don't think that record goes down as smoothly as some of the other records on on the list. Do you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? Um, Lana Del Rey has 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 written you know yet another you know fascinating record that um, uh, she's really shown her range uh, this time. She's always shown her range, you know. I think with 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 her songwriting with lyrics, um, but here she. You know, she really hops around genres as well. That said, these songs are are complex. Um, some of them are a good handful of them are over five minutes long. Um, and 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 I don't know. I don't know if the voting body will respond to that. I also think you know, Lana's remains a controversial figure. Um, I think sometimes it's hard for people to separate the the art from the artist. Um, I, I certainly think you should. Um, yeah. but I, I, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, sometimes these, uh, these awards are really popularity contests mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you have, you have someone like, you know, Taylor Swift, uh, you, you'll find almost no one uh, with any negative remarks, you know, about <laughs> right. her, her as a performer and songwriter. Yeah. So whereas Midnight's is uh, a safe choice, and whereas I don't think Midnight's is as strong as, you know, several of the records on this, uh, several of the albums on this list, um, I do think it is, it, it, it feels very Grammys. Um, yeah. You mentioned John Batiste. He was another surprise winner when he won two years ago yeah. for, 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 for album of the year. Um, I I don't know if this album World Music uh, Radio really made that much of a splash compared to the other people yeah, on this not the, list. Not the same impact. Not the same impact. And you know, you could argue, well, why can't he win again? If if we're thinking Taylor might win again, but uh, I just think they're in different leagues. And I think to give John Batiste. Uh, uh, as talented as he is to give him the award for album of the year so soon after he has won it would be would be very surprising yeah it would be yeah. very surprising for the for the voters to choose up don't disagree with you well i think i think i lean toward taylor here but again could see any of them winning i'd love to see boy genius get some love and this could be where that happens um though perhaps not as likely and i just i keep coming back to miley's album uh, but like you said lana's is so complex and and she does some great things with that all right our last category the last one here record of the year which goes to performer and producers last year's winner was lizzo for about damn time, uh, and it's about damn time we get to this category. All right, the nominees are uh, Worship from John Batiste, Not Strong Enough, Boy Genius, Flowers, Miley Cyrus, What Was I Made For from the Motion Picture Barbie, that one by Billie Eilish, uh, On My Mama, Victoria Monet, Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo, Antihero, Taylor Swift, Kill Bill, SZA. Ay, 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 I don't even know. Um, 
I don't know, Jason. I, I I keep in my head now. It's it's I have the you know the popularity thing with Taylor, but I'm thinking about just you know like we've talked about how big Flowers was, um, and we know how big What Was I Made For was as well. Um, so part of me, well, and then Vampire uh, was big latter half of the year uh, or latter half of the year, right before uh, you know voting um, or before the eligibility window closed. It was it was hitting. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I land on this one. I think. I think what I think should win is flowers or what was I made for, but I don't know that that's going to be the case. Yeah. It's really interesting. This one, because they do surprise you sometimes. Um, I think Lizzo winning last year was a surprise. Yeah. I absolutely don't think that was the most, you know, inspired um, track of, 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 of the contenders last year. Um, but you know, what, one trend I think you have to keep in mind with the Grammys is they tend to love retro. And I think that was part of the allure of about damn time. Um, and I think that is why Silk Sonic also won uh, record of the year for leave the door open, um, which is a very retro sounding, you know, soul song. I mean, cla- it sounds like classic soul song. It's a great point. And it would. It would have come out, you know, in the 70s. And keep in mind, Lizzo beat people, uh, including Adele, Beyonce, Harry Styles, uh, Brandi Carlisle. So, yeah, that's a great point you make. And I would and I would argue all of those songs, I think, were were more interesting than than About Damn Time, Um, as catchy as it is. So. I think given given the Grammys, uh, you know, just predilection for retro, um, I don't think we should I don't think we should rule out even on my mama. Um, I think it's probably a long shot. That wasn't that wasn't a huge radio hit. It wasn't a chart topper, Um, but it's got it's it's got a very, you know, sort of it's, it's a nice blend of sort of retro soul and hip hop. Um, so I, I, you know, it, it, it may be the dark horse here. Um, that said flowers too has a retro sound to it. Um, flowers is really, it's a modern day disco track. Um, and it goes down really easily. It's really catchy. Um, as we've touched on a few times already, that song was really inescapable for most of the year. Um, and so I think it's, I think that it, it, and, you know, it, it could be the one to beat here, but I agree with you, Jared. I think I think what was I made for um, is 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 is, a, is another song that the Grammy voters I think could get behind. Um, they voted for they voted for Billie Eilish and Phineas before. Um, if if you recall, they took it home two years in a row mm-hmm. um, with yeah. Bad Guy and Everything I Wanted. Um, and so, you know, as as much of a downer, certainly not a feel good song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what was I made for? But as as much of a downer uh, as it as it is, um, I think it's a beautiful song. By the way, I'm not knocking it, but um, it stands out from this pack as being, you know, as being as being like the really. It's a, one of these things that's not like the other. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's really the it's really the only ballad. Um, and and so I think I think it 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 has a really strong chance as well uh, you know bruno mars had a three-peat for for this mm. very category 
um, if you count this, the Silk Sonic win um, from uh, from 2022. Um, so, you know, who's to say that the Billy can't win for this? I think what she mm-hmm. also has working in her favor is the ubiquity of Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, yeah. of course, you know, the... the Maybe the movie story. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're a movies guy. The movie story of the year was just was the success of Barbie Mm -hmm. um, by you know Greta Gerwig, a female director, um, and you know, uh, and it's about it's about being a woman in modern times and and how that's evolved and how it's you know it it hasn't evolved, right? Yeah, um, and I think that um, this song from Billie Eilish. It's, it's certainly the highlight of the soundtrack, but it also sort of represents all that. Yeah. And I think heading into the Oscars, um, Barbie is still very top of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the recent snubs and all of that. Yeah. Especially with the recent snubs, you had two, you had, you had, you had Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, yeah. uh, get snubbed for, for quote unquote snub. Right. Some people wouldn't consider right. it a snub, <laughs> yeah. um, for, for, for Oscars here. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, we, we, Billy could very well walk away um, with, yeah. with this win. And it, I think it's about more than just this song, even though we should really only be talking about, you know, the, <laughs> right, the, right. the production of the song. Right. Um, I do want to give a special call out though, to boy genius. Um, Glad you said that. And uh, you know, we haven't really talked much about uh, this super group. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, much, much this, this, this episode, but I think we really, you know, should, should highlight them. Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker. They're all really um, talented uh, so singer songwriters in their yeah. own right. They've had mm-hmm. great solo, solo projects. Um, you put them all in a studio together and they created a really, really, uh, really beautiful record. Um, that was, uh, that, a staff favorite, but also a favorite of, 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 of so it ended up on mm-hmm. so many uh, year end lists. Yeah. There was a consensus around, around, totally. um, around that. And I think not strong enough. We def, I mean, I think that we chose that as I want to say like, I think it was the second song our second yeah, favorite yeah, song of, mm-hmm. of last year. And, um, it, it, it's the only rock song, um, on this list, yeah, which I think point. is pretty impressive because yeah. as, as, as we've seen, as the charts uh, indicate, rock is not really, mm-hmm. you know, top of mind for people. Yeah. Pop, hip hop still dominate the charts. And uh, so for a rock, for, you know, for, for an indie rock song to even be on the, you know, song of the year list, I think is really, really a feat in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see, um, I would love to see Boy Genius wa- walk away with this, but I would I would love to see them walk away with anything because yeah. very rarely do you see this sort of talent, you know, mm-hmm. come together. Um, and, you know, it, it would be really nice to see three young, um, beloved queer women yeah. resonate with yeah. an institution like the Grammys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because as we were talking about, like, you know, all these other names in this category, I just kept I just kept staring at their name thinking, my God, I hope they are not shut out on Sunday. Yeah. Um, because and they, who knows? they deserve maybe they'll something. surprise. That's true. That's yeah. true. They maybe could end up being be a sweep. <laughs> the John Batiste. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll be the yeah. John Batiste this year. Yeah. And it'll be so well deserved. 
So all of that to say, it's so hard to predict the winners of some of these categories because on one hand, you can just go straight for popularity and, and we could do a ballot, um, you know, and, and make our predictions based on, oh, this will win, this will win, this will win. But on the other hand, the, the, the Academy, uh, Recording Academy voters are fickle isn't exactly the right word, but, um, but you just never know from year to year how they're going to vote, unlike some of the other voting academies um, that, you know, you can kind of predict the way they think. But I don't think that is the case with um, with these recording academy voters. No, I think I think they I would dare say. And again, you're you're the awards guru here, Jared. But I would dare say. They tend to surprise more than the Emmys or absolutely. Yeah. Um, And you touched on. uh, You know how how unpredictable they are is the, the pendulum swings every year. You've got a, 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 I mean, very, very modern. I mean, she was, you know, between 18 and 20 years old. You mm-hmm. have someone like Billie Eilish popping up out of nowhere mm-hmm. and, and winning all these awards yeah. so early in her career. Um, and, uh, and, and, and being, you know, one of a handful of artists to win the big four, uh, to win the big four categories. You know, but then, you know, a year later, you have a Jean-Baptiste who, who, you know, that, that record was, was certainly not as, as, as top of mind and and as popular as, as the others on that list two years ago. And, um, and yet, you know, he, he had, he had, he had a very big night. Um, And so who knows? I mean, who knows? We could be, we could, there are a lot of, there, I'm sure, I'm sure there will be a lot of surprises in store. I know that. I know that for a fact. I mean, you've got, you've got so many, so many people who are up for several awards. This is up for nine. Victoria Monet's up for seven. Um, it's, it's, I think I'm, I'm hoping that we are surprised, but I'm also hoping that they distribute these awards out evenly. And uh, I don't think, I don't necessarily think anybody this year should sweep. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Yeah, I hope they're distributed. Um, I hope and and think we're going to get some great performances. I think we'll have some surprises. Uh, I do know, I don't think, but I do know Trevor Noah is hosting um, and he does a, a fine and lovely job and, and everybody there loves him. Um, and uh, I'm sure we're going to get some uh, fantastic tributes, which I think these um, Grammy ceremonies do so well. Um, so I'm looking forward to all of that. It's going to be a, a fun, busy night. Um, that all goes down Sunday, starting at uh, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, live on CBS. Can, can we do a special shout out? Just I think it's yes. pretty awesome. More than any other award, more than any award, period, and any other performance. I am most excited to finally, finally, decades in the making here, uh-huh. see oh. Joni Mitchell. Yes. Joni Mitchell yes. make her Grammys yes. performance debut. It's wild. We, we have debut. never seen, never seen Joni Mitchell perform in the Grammys, which is just, I mean, yeah. what, I didn't even realize I, when the news right? broke last, last week that she was going to be performing, <laughs> I was just incredulous. I'm thinking, no, that can't be right. That right. can't be right. Yeah. Um, but it is in fact true. Um, she almost never performs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is a treat in itself. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Very, very, very excited to see Joni Mitchell perform at the Grammys. Yeah, and I and I, I have a suspicion Brandy Carlisle had a big hand in that since they have been uh, working together a bit and, and performing at very Absolutely. small festivals and stuff. So um, yeah. thank you in advance to Brandy Carlisle for that. All right, well, yes. we're going to take a quick yes. break. Uh, when we come back, we turn our focus back to movies and my interview with the holdovers, Oscar nominee Davine Joy Randolph. The awardist will be right back. To the awardist. All right, folks, uh, this performer, this artist, this uh, just really incredibly talented actress, who's also a singer, by the way, fitting that she's part of this episode, um, Davine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers uh, plays Mary Lamb. She is a grieving mother uh, who is the, uh, she runs the cafeteria at this um, academy where Paul Giamatti uh, plays a professor. Um, and it is it is the holiday break, so they are left to uh, take care of and feed the students who can't go home for the holidays. They are the ones who are the holdovers. Um, and it's a really beautiful story. Uh, Davine is just um, uh, so kind of quietly devastating in her grief. And you see her go through uh, so much of that, which uh, we talk about in our interview. So uh, how about we get to that right now? Uh, Davine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. Well, I want to start by really recognizing the great variety of roles that you have been playing in recent years. Uh, Only Murders in the Building, The Idol, Dolomite is my name, uh, The Lost City, The Last OG. There's been a handful of animated roles as well. But this one is so wonderfully different from all of those. Had you been looking for something like this? I'd love to hear about the, the way and the timing of it coming into your life. I'm always looking for it whatever it is. I don't even know if I'm aware what it is. I like to keep a very diversified portfolio. That's probably the most important to me. I've been like that for forever. And I realize of the actors and actresses that I really admire, that's a common thread that they have. That they have the ability to transform and be, you know, many different things. Uh, and I'm grateful to have the skill set in order to do that. When this came across, for me, the biggest thing that stood out to me was that this Black woman was able to have a fully realized character, story, and multi-dimensions, and that the director and the writer had already put in place room for me to create and, and allow her to blossom. And a lot of times, that's not the case, and you're trying to work out ways to fit that in to a script that's naturally not there. So before, I mean, yes, I, I went Alexander, we had our meeting first, but when I, I got the script, it was a script that really made me be like, oh, wow, I actually have quite a bit that I can work with and work off of. And then adding Paul into the equation, chef's kiss. Well, we all know there are various stages of grief and we behave and we react differently through each of those uh, as we experience them. So when we meet Mary, I think it's perhaps kind of fair to say that she's in the depression stage. Would you say that? Yeah. So my goal actually was because uh, as the movie starts, he's only been gone for maybe two to three months. It's quite fresh for her. So what I wanted to do is that I wanted to challenge myself that through the course of the entire movie, I go through all the different stages. 
that was something that I wanted to create and push for. And it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge, um, but it was a rewarding one for sure. Yeah. Uh, what what did you just innately understand about the position that she was in? That she is a woman who is a relentlessly hard worker that has to work harder than most people in order to make an honest living, that she worked her butt off so that her child could have a good education, which makes it so sad that even in how hard she worked, it still was not enough financially for her to be able to afford him to go to college. I think she's a strategist. She intentionally works at that job so that her son could get an education there, a discounted education there. It's just heartbreaking that she didn't have enough money to put him through college and that because of that, he had to go to war. And I understand that being the color of our skin, what that meant for a black man to go into that kind of situation and that more likely than not, he was on the front lines. And that's just tragic and heartbreaking, I think, for her because she feels in many ways that um, she failed him. And I know what it's like to, like, you know, work quietly. I don't want to say in the shadows, but, like, on the sidelines in a bit. That's why I think this moment is so special to me because I've been doing the work for no other reason other than I believe it's not only a God-given gift, but it is something that I'm supposed to be is in alignment with my purpose. And so no matter whether prior anyone said anything about, you know, the work that I create, what I'm so grateful for now in this moment is that people are responding to it. But to be honest, I feel good about the project and I feel good about what I contributed so that even if they never did, it wouldn't stop me from going because I know this is part of what I'm supposed to be doing, whether it's to help people release or heal or laugh or, you know what I mean, just get a break from their own reality or to get in touch with their reality and to uh, now face things and ask certain questions. You know what I mean? That's a part of what I feel like why I do and why I choose the roles that I choose it's for a reason, even if it's a comedy, it's for a very specific uh, reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, a, a lot of what you just said there is about the, uh, of course, there's the grief, but all of that extra guilt that she feels over her son's loss. And we see, eventually see Mary have um, a, a bit of a breakdown at the Christmas party. But it's a really pivotal scene for so many reasons, also because of what Angus shares with Mary and Paul. Uh, but that scene is so pivotal. So did all of you perhaps spend a little more time on this specific moment to make sure you got all of the emotional beats just right? No, the opposite. The actual kitchen scene was two takes, maybe three takes, two takes. Matter of fact, after I did the first take, they were like, I think the DP walked out and was like, I need a second. Because um, I just, I let it and I let it out. <laughs> it was very quiet when I finished. And everyone was just so supportive and respectful. You know, the actors knew, definitely Paul knew what that meant for me to go there. And everyone was very respectful of that. And I remember Alex uh, was like, okay, so we have that one in the can. And he was like, let's try one more. 
Maybe there was a third one. I don't think so. But not, and that wasn't even intentional. It just was, this is my offering of my interpretation of what is on the page. And it seemed to resonate with everyone. So I was grateful for that, that even amongst our team of creatives, they were like, okay. If I had to do multiple takes, I would have done that too. It's just, I think it's just how it ended up. What's interesting is because a lot of actors will say, uh, we did 10 takes, but it's the first take that's in the movie. And I think there's really something to be said for that. It It's fresh. It's the first go. Uh, and, and there's something more honest, I guess, about that because all the others that follow, then you like, you're in your head and you're thinking about it more. Oh, potentially exactly. overthinking it. It's an extension of, or a slightly dulled down version of the first thing you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you, uh, Paul, and Dominic together, I mean, uh, there's, there's a bit of a kind of a three musketeers dynamic going on at times. Uh, the chemistry between the three of you, of course, uh, on one side, you've got the veteran, fantastic Paul Giamatti, and then Dominic Sessa in his uh, feature film debut. Uh, and my gosh, does he knock it out of the park uh, with a pretty big and daunting role here. Um, but I'm wondering, did the three of you get to spend much time together in advance or were the characters kind of experiencing each other in the same time that the three of you as actors were experiencing each other? I mean, we came about three weeks to a month earlier before actually shooting. And two, two or three of those weeks were spent with like, text analysis and fittings and all of that stuff winter in Boston, but we predominantly filmed more so um, maybe like an hour more North of Boston. So it was quiet and desolate. And so it was just three of us like that was it. Yeah. In a way that was kind of our timeline with maybe the addition of two or three more weeks. Got it. By the way, I think that really speaks all the more to how this is, really great casting here. It's just this uh, perfect meeting of personalities, the three of you. Absolutely. And also, you know, Paul and I went to the same school for graduate school, Yale School of Drama. So what was great, though we didn't go at the same time, I think it's a testament to the institution, uh, we spoke the same language. So I, I think it would, I think I don't remember. It was two years ago, but I believe I just remember in our first initial scene, it was like a double take where it was like, I don't know how to explain it other than like, if you go to a foreign country and you don't speak the language and then you hear somebody that speaks English and your ear like catches it. It was like being in the scene. And as I was experiencing him in the scene, my brain was firing off of like, oh, he's like you. He talks like you. He, You guys can meet each other. And so when they say cut, I was like, oh, we got it. He was like, uh-huh. That's an amazing <laughs> gift to have where, you know, that's already just built in. Yeah, yeah. Well, people have often described uh, Alexander Payne as an actor's director. So what excited you most about getting to work with him? Um, I think the reason why people say that is because he creates an environment uh, to your betterment where a lot of times maybe only the lead might get that in certain situations or uh, the actors have to fight for that. Uh, the entire environment, there's no video village, there's no monitors, there's no, you know what I mean, you're not like looking at, you know, your performance 
the camera is there and he's right next to the camera in the room with you. So it's a very intimate thing. And you feel as though you're all doing it together. That it's not like, you know, this grandiose ego driven thing of I'm the director and you're the actors. It was very much so a joint effort in us creating something. Well, that we, of course, got to spend a good amount of time with Mary. But I got to say, I... I really wanted more of her. So I'm wondering if by chance, did you guys, did you shoot more scenes? Were there things that for whatever reason might've hit the cutting room floor? No, I would say more like longer forms of the scenes. Does that make sense? Like there was no additional scenes. Like that kitchen scene is longer, but I think at a certain point it's like, <laughs> it's too much. We we all need to go to therapy now, but you know what I mean? But like, they were definitely like, longer forms or versions of scenes. No, no additional, no additional scenes to my knowledge, at least not with the script that I read. Well, you, uh, you've touched a bit on how much the reaction and the reception to your performance here has meant to you, but I kind of want to elaborate on that a bit. How is all of this Oscar buzz making you feel? Oh, it's weird. It's very weird to me. I don't really know, to be honest. I feel like a little bit like an awkward teenager. I don't, really know how to handle it to be quite honest beyond not handling it if i'm being completely transparent with you i've told my team don't you tell me like i don't want to know the day they vote i don't want to know the day that we find out i just want to wake up in the morning and whatever happens happens i can't this industry is such a beautiful one but it's also a huge mix of luck and chance and timing and opportunity. And so um, there's there's been times where I've done projects where I'm like, oh, for sure, this is it. This is a hit and nothing or vice versa. And people loving it. It's so hard and unreliable to, to base, you know what I mean, success on. So I don't do it for that. I do it for telling the stories of these women who probably wouldn't get an opportunity to have their stories heard otherwise. And I try to do it at a high level of quality uh, because that's important to me, um, especially as a minority and as a female. Um, and I do it also that if it any way can help people, whether it's comedy or drama, that it's like, you know, if, if it can make somebody laugh or be healing in some type of way, that's the thing I'm invested in. But um for there to be conversation about it, uh, it it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I think if nothing else, it's a little nudge or like a little faint whisper to myself of like, okay, we're we're on to something. Keep going and don't give up because it's hard. This industry is very hard, and so I think if anything, it instates my desire and will to keep chugging along. Yeah. Well, you are just a shining star in this, and uh. All the best to you. I am hopeful we will continue to see you down the road. But I, I understand why you're telling your team, keep it out of my ears for now. But nonetheless, congratulations. Well, I hope to see you too. I just don't want to know in advance and be nervous. But I, I appreciate I, I, it. And I hope to see you soon. All right. Well, congratulations. And uh, thanks so much for your time Thank today. Thank you so much. Well, uh, by the way, I do want to mention that interview. Uh, I spoke with her. It was it was late last year. And so she had not actually won a lot of these awards yet, but she had been nominated. She was picking up a lot of honors already. So um, so I understand uh, even earlier in the in the process, Jason, how she um, you know, why she didn't want to 
you know, from her team, all of the, you know, the Oscars talk, because you don't want to get hyped up for something that doesn't happen um, because that that is inevitable every year. But Davine has just been, uh, I mean, a, a fo- she's a force to be reckoned with this season. And uh, I think all the attention she's getting for this is just, uh, it's so, it's so well-deserved. She is fantastic in this. And I think she really gives, um, she gives kind of a masterclass on how to, how to still stand out in a, in a film without, um, like an over the top performance that you can, you can play a very, you, you can, you can give a very lived in performance. You can understand everything a person's going through without them having to say and do a lot. Yet she is doing a lot to still give you all of that. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's such a tricky balance, but this is, she is a classically trained actress. Uh, and, and I think that training really shows here. She's, she's incredible. And I know, uh, you, you have seen the film as well. Yes. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed her. And I do think that, uh, that, uh, that she, she was the highlight, um, for me. Yeah, she's great. She's I, fantastic. Quietly um, devastating is exactly yeah. that's what you said, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, you just you can just watch her sit in a room, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and that alone just sort of gives you a really you know she has such a strong presence, mm-hmm. and you can feel her grief. Yeah, um, you know she she's she's lost her son. Um, yeah, he was he was killed, killed in, battle. in battle. Yeah. And, um, I think that, um, she also manages to, to be, you know, really funny sometimes. Funny, She's yes. got a yeah. really tough exterior. Yeah. And so I, 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 to show that sort of range, but then to also show restraint, mm-hmm. which, you know, you said it's a low it's key not easy. performance, yeah. um, is, 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 yeah, is a difficult task I think to achieve. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, she did it. So well, so well. Um, uh, by the way, if you've not seen the film, anyone listening, uh, The Holdovers is streaming on Peacock and it is available to uh, to rent or buy on digital platforms. Uh, and with that, uh, we will wrap it up here. That is it for this week's episode of The Awardist. Jason, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thanks so much to all of you for listening. If you like what you're hearing here on The Awardist, you can follow, rate the podcast, and uh, we hope leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. We're at EW on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall. We'll see you back here next week and every day at EW.com. This episode of The Awardist is hosted and produced by Jared Hall and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.